we found a Bible passage this morning that non-Christians and Christians both like. We found a Bible passage this morning that non-Christians love because they love this Jesus. They love the Jesus who's picking on religious people. We also found a Bible passage this morning that Christians like as well because they can gather together on Sundays or Saturdays whenever and say, thankfully, we're not like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. We found a nice little spot where we can seem to agree upon Jesus as Jesus is speaking about hypocrisy. And it's kind of interesting that the spot everybody agrees upon is Jesus talking about hypocrisy, maybe because no one believes they're hypocrites. No one believes they're hypocrites, therefore everyone appreciates someone speaking against hypocrisy. When we come to a passage of Scripture like this, it's really easy then to begin to point the finger because hypocrisy is really easy to identify. It's pretty easy to tell when someone says, do this, but they do something different, something exactly opposite. This morning, as we prepare to look at God's Word together, I want to ask each of us to be careful to not lift a finger against our neighbor because then we'd miss the whole point of the Bible passage. You see, in Luke here, chapter 11, Luke didn't include this Bible passage so that you and I would be more confident of our religious standing. Let's look very carefully at why this Bible passage is included. Luke chapter 12, Jesus now tells about the previous experience that I just read. Verse 2, verse 1 at the end, he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. In other words, the reason that we have this story in our Bible this morning and the point that Jesus wants us to understand is he wants us to examine ourselves to see if there's any hint of this type of thing in our own lives as well. So what I want you to do this morning is I just want you to turn to your neighbor, point to your neighbor and say, I'm not examining you this morning. I'm not examining you. Go. All right, so now that, now that we have that clear, <clears throat> now that we're done with that portion, <clears throat> some of you want to say that to every neighbor in the building this morning. But what is hypocrisy? The word hypocrisy used in Luke chapter 12 this morning actually comes from the Greek word about theater, the word actor. Jesus is basically saying, hey, I'm really concerned that there's a lot of acting going on. In other words, that people are playing a role that they actually don't have. They're pretending to be someone who they're not. The point of acting is what? To pretend you're someone or something else. You don't have to act if you are that person. And Jesus is warning us this morning. He's saying, hey, you need to examine yourself. You need to be really careful because it's really easy to fall into the temptation, the same temptation that the religious leaders fell into. That temptation is to be pretending that you're someone who you're not. So this temptation that Jesus just confronted with the religious leaders, he said, it's common and it can fall, you can fall to it as well. Well, what's the big deal? What were the religious leaders doing? What was the hypocrisy of the religious leaders? You can really summarize the hypocrisy of the religious leaders down to two different things. The first is this, this, the internal life of the Pharisees and the scribes and the lawyers was not matching their external conduct. 
the eternal motivations of the religious leaders was not matching the external conduct. Look back with me in Luke chapter 11, if you would. Verse 42. He says, Woe to you, Pharisees! You tithe, mint, and ruin every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. So here they've got some outward activity that's really good. I mean, this outward activity that the religious leaders are participating in is admirable. A lot of people in our culture, we're trying to determine, do we tithe off of net or gross? And then you justify whichever one you choose. Well, the religious leaders here are going above and beyond. They're they're not just tithing off of gross. They're tithing off of anything and everything that might be something they're producing. Anything. I mean, this is to be commended. Their outward activity here is, is solid. It's good. But guess what? They're missing something. There's no desire within them for justice or there's no heart that loves God. Jesus actually says it a little bit harsher a little bit earlier in the message to them. He says in verse 39, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Jesus is saying, hey, the internal has to match the external. You may have some external activity, but when it doesn't flow from an internal heart, guess what? That external activity is foolishness in the sight of God. External activities such as tithing, external activities such as being rigorous in your study of the Scriptures is foolishness if it does not flow from a heart that is loving towards God. God wants to have an internal heart that brings about external actions that reflect the internal heart. We're really good at putting on a show. We're really good at dressing things up and covering over what's going on inside. For the last year, almost to the date, for the last year I've been working on a little project at home in our kitchen, tearing apart a little half wall. I'm happy to report this morning that a year later we are 97% complete. Really going well. About two weeks ago we were coming down to the finish line. And all along throughout the whole project, we had torn apart some old plaster and then re-sheetrocked and kind of had mismatches of things that we were putting together. And all along, kind of the mentality was, hey, we can cover it up at the end with the trim and it won't matter at all. So really not paying a lot of attention as you're going on because you're thinking, I can cover it up at the end. Well, about a week and a half ago, the rubber began to meet the road. We're hanging trim. Well, all of a sudden as we're hanging trim, we find out that, oh boy, we can't cover up all of these mistakes. You can't cover up unsquare. And so what do you do? You actually have to start now taking off some of the trim that was hung and redo some of the internal work. You think you can cover it up. But in reality, God is saying nothing can be covered up. How small of a view of God do we have if we think we can have external activity that does not match internal desire. That's a really small God that only sees external activity but doesn't have the authority or the power to to see the internal desire. Jesus is saying, be really careful. 
about hypocrisy. It'll sneak in where you'll want this external thing to look really good and you're not dealing with the internal problem. Hypocrisy is when the external doesn't match the internal. The other big issue about hypocrisy that Jesus is dealing with here is is he's dealing with religious leaders who are doing a lot of demanding, but doing very little doing. Jesus is upset with the religious leaders because they've been demanding certain things. He says to the lawyers, he says, hey, you've been putting all of these burdens on these people to bear. In other words, the lawyers here are not lawyers as we think of lawyers. They're not attorneys in the civil sense. These lawyers are people who help understand the interpretation of the Old Testament. And so the lawyers were basically saying to all of the people in the religious community, hey, uh, God's Word says you need to do this, this, and this because of the prophets and everything. But then the lawyers themselves were ignoring the prophets. And Jesus goes as far to say the following, the blood of the prophets is on your hands. They, They didn't kill the prophets. But Jesus still says, hey, their blood is on your hands. Because the lawyers and the religious leaders had demanded a bunch of responses and they weren't doing anything that they were demanding. This is where it's really dangerous for us in the Christian community. We can have a really loud voice at times. And there are times when we're supposed to have a really loud voice and speak prophetically. But we better examine ourselves first and foremost to ask ourselves, am I matching what I'm demanding of society? We could look at bundles of examples this morning. We could look at everything from giving to sexual ethics. And the reality is this. There's very little difference between the activity of those who regularly attend church and those who don't. But the church speaks really loudly about some of these issues. Again, the point this morning is not to say, that's right, pastor, preach it about those other churches that are not speaking out. Preach it about those hypocrite Christians. No, Jesus is saying, examine yourself. Watch your own heart that you don't fall into this temptation where you're quick to proclaim, but you're slow to practice. This morning... Does our practice match our proclamation? Jesus has really harsh words for the religious leaders whose practice does not match the proclamation. Jesus has really harsh words for the religious people whose internal does not bring about the external. The harsh word is found in one little word in Luke chapter 11. That word is W-O-E, woe. Now, when we hear this word, it's kind of like, whoa, cool, dude. Okay, Jesus has a little different meaning. He's not saying, whoa, cool, religious leaders, you're doing great. No, this word, whoa, probably means something that I would get in trouble if I said from the pulpit this morning. This word means, cursed be you. Condemned be you. Put it very bluntly damned be you. Jesus is saying that to religious leaders, people who know the Old Testament Scriptures very well. 
It doesn't get any harsher than that. And that's not my word. That's Jesus' word. Woe to you. He's saying, cursed be you to hell. This is the seriousness of the situation. Jesus is cursing the very people that are representing His Father in the temple. That's what these people are doing. They're representing God the Father in the temple. That's their job. He says to them, you're cursed. I'm condemning you. Now, we like a very famous Bible passage. John chapter 3, verse 16, right? For God sent His own Son into the world that whoever believes in Him shall, not inherit, shall inherit eternal life. And then the verse right after that talks about Jesus came to save, not to condemn. Very interesting, though, that Jesus is throwing out some condemnation. Not at the world as a whole, but at a very specific people group, the religious leaders. Because their external conduct was not flowing from an internal heart that loved God. He was condemning them because their practice was not matching their proclamation. And then Jesus says, hey, disciples, you got to watch for this. you got to be really careful because this hypocrisy is like leaven. What, what happens with leaven? It, it affects the whole thing, right? It affects the whole batch of bread. It goes everywhere. So Jesus warns his disciples, saying, hey, you got to watch for this hypocrisy thing because it's dangerous. It's dangerous because it spreads. It's dangerous because it spreads. Why else? Look with me in Luke chapter 12. Don't miss a very important point. Luke chapter 12, the first verse. Many thousands of people had gathered together and they were trampling one another. Okay, Jesus has got a huge crowd. I mean, if I'm Jesus' PR guy, I'm thinking, hey, let's get to the message, Jesus. you got a lot of attentive people. But what does Jesus do? It says here, he turns to his disciples. It's almost like he's saying, hey, thanks for coming. Just wait a minute. Turns to his disciples and he said, hey, guys, you got to watch out for that issue that I just got done dealing with. Because Jesus knows that if that creeps into his disciples, guess where else it's going to creep in? to the other thousands that are gathering together. Because if it creeps into the leadership, and these are the apostles, they're going to establish the church, it's going to creep into what? The whole church. So hypocrisy is dangerous because it expands and it has influence everywhere. So what do we do? What do we do to fight against this danger? This danger of hypocrisy. The first thing that would encourage us to do, I believe, flows directly from God's Word here this morning. If we want to fight hypocrisy, the first thing we need to do is this. Authentically acknowledge what's inside. Authentically acknowledge what's inside. Most of us have do a very poor job of this. Actually saying what's going on inside of us. What we're feeling or what we're experiencing this is it. If we don't authentically acknowledge it, guess what? Everything external doesn't match because I'm not acknowledging what's going on inside. Jesus wants authentic confession. He wants to hear what's going on. 
to fight hypocrisy, we have to be willing to open up and say, hey, this is reality of how I feel about this situation. Now, this is hard, right? Because some of us have stuff inside of us towards other people that's not healthy. So here's what we do. We continue to kind of treat the other people in very nice passing form. Because we don't really want to say what's inside of us. Now, I'm not saying here, everybody turn around and say what's inside of you about your neighbor. However, to say to your neighbor, hey, you're great, love you, but then go back into your home and be like, oh, that jerk. There's a problem there. You think God doesn't see that? So what do you need to do? You need to acknowledge what's inside of you to someone in a safe environment where you can deal with it and wrestle with how you can overcome it so that what? That what's inside of you matches the desire of God. God doesn't just want kind external treatment. God wants a heart that desires kindness. Fighting hypocrisy begins with authentic acknowledgement of what's inside of us. Now, here is where the non-Christians love it. Because authenticity is really popular these days. It's a, it's a big popular, we desire authenticity. I just want to be part of an authentic community. Okay, I, most of the time I have no idea what that means. You can have authenticity without Christianity. So be very careful. You can think of yourself like, wow, that was great. Everybody was really authentic. People were talking and, and sharing about what's going inside, on inside of their lives. But guess what? Unless that's accompanied by the authority of Jesus, that authenticity, authenticity still is not what God desires. Authenticity needs to come under the authority of Jesus so that when I share what's going on inside, then I hear from Jesus what Jesus desires. And Jesus might not desire exactly what's going on inside of me. And that's where I need to begin the wrestling match, work through a time of confession, a time of accountability and training so that what is going on inside of me matches up with the authority of Jesus. Fighting hypocrisy begins with authentic acknowledgement. The second place that hypocrisy, where we fight hypocrisy is this, is we need examination from someone outside of ourselves in our lives. We need examination of someone outside of ourselves in our lives. All of us have blind spots. All of us get focused in on certain things and we don't notice how we do certain things. So for example, I think I'm getting better, but I'm not there totally yet. I used to use the word thing a lot. At the end, some of you are probably familiar with this. I've been working at this hard. I've even used external consultants to help me become a better speaker, to say to me, hey, you said it here, you said it then. Because oftentimes, I'm blind to it. I need an external voice to come to me and say, hey, do you realize that you say this a lot or when you speak like this, it actually sounds like that? So I need an external voice to come and speak to me. We all need that in a variety of ways in our lives. Someone to speak to us and say, hey, you know what? You're really overbearing at times. But sometimes when you're in a moment of emotion, you don't realize how overbearing you can be. So you need that external voice. 
Do you have someone in your life that can say to you, hey, you're yelling an awful lot about this, but your life doesn't exactly match what you're yelling about. We need external voices in our lives in order to avoid hypocrisy. So to avoid hypocrisy, to fight hypocrisy, we need to authentically acknowledge, and then we need external examination of our lives. Jesus is very simply arguing really for one thing in the Bible passage today. It's not that we're fighting hypocrisy, but we're pursuing consistency. This is what Jesus wants. He wants consistency. He wants you to practice what you're preaching. Jesus wants consistency. He wants that which is flowing out of you, your behavior or your conduct, to come from an internal desire. Hypocrisy is playing someone you're not. So very simply, what Jesus wants this morning from us is consistency. Where our external matches our internal, where our practice matches our preaching. How's your consistency this morning? Remember the pledge you made at the beginning. No examination of neighbors. How's your consistency in your witness at work versus your witness at home? How's your consistency with your behavior at a church small group and your behavior at the bowling alley? How's your consistency this morning about what you're speaking up against in culture versus everything that God's Word demands. Jesus wants consistent followers. He wants people who have an internal heart that's been transformed by His love that brings about external actions that bring Him glory. It's a lot of work to be an actor. It's a lot of work to play. You've got to remember your part all of the time. And some of us are constantly in that game. We're trying to remember, who am I playing today? And it takes a lot of work. When I was in high school, I was in theater and did a lot of different plays. I was in a small school, so they were desperate for warm bodies. And uh, my final production was, was the biggest production, um, Hello, Dolly. Anybody familiar with Hello, Dolly? A mus- musical. And I don't have much for musical talent. However, they wanted me to have the lead role. They're like, hey, you got to sing. So we went through all of the rehearsals. We did all of the stuff. And we got to the very first time that we were doing it. I started singing with the pit band, not even half through the whole song. And the guy says, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. So what did we end up doing? They said, you talk, the band will play. In other words, they're saying, just be yourself. Stop pretending that you can sing when you really can't. So the production went on. I spoke all of the lines instead of singing all of the lines. And it was a whole lot easier. The same is true in our lives. When we stop pretending, when we stop acting, it actually gets a whole lot easier because we're not expending energy trying to remember who am I, but we're rather simply being who we are. And at times, that's pretty messy. Because who we are at times is not exactly 
always pure. So it's going to be messy in friendships at times if we are who we are, if we are authentically acknowledging and we're inviting others to examine our lives. Why is hypocrisy at the end of the day a non-win? Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 3, verse 2, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. In other words, Jesus says, there's no point in being a hypocrite because it's all going to be laid bare at some point anyhow. It's all going to be out in the open. It's all going to be known. And the reality is this. It's all known right now by God himself. As the book of Hebrews tells us, he knows everything. Here's the beauty. He knows everything. He allows us to confess it. And he still loves us, even though he knows everything. So I invite you this morning to acknowledge authentically what's inside. I invite you this morning, I challenge you this morning to find someone else to examine your life and to be a voice in your life. I invite you this morning to pursue a life of consistency so that we can bring God glory in all things. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your patience with us this morning. And Lord, we acknowledge that oftentimes we speak and our practice doesn't match our speech. We acknowledge this morning, God, that oftentimes we have external actions that are just fake. So we ask today, Lord, that you'd work in our hearts that you'd shape and form our hearts, that they would desire love, that they would desire justice. God, work inside of us today. I pray also this morning, God, that you would put someone in each person's life that can examine. Lord, bring someone to each of our lives that can bring a harsh word when needed. Bring someone to each of our lives that can bring encouragement when needed. Lord, I pray that you'd bring an external voice to each of our lives. God, thank you for who you are what you have done. We offer all of us, all of ourselves, our, our internal hearts, our external actions, we offer it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.